You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, they get to him, oh, he takes off running, and he's in, touchdown Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone. As we dive in too deep, as always, we're your hosts. I'm Reason. That's Neil Driscoll. Um, we welcome you back in. It's a somber mood. Um, Neil's walking the plank over here. The uh, Dolphins lose 34-3 to the Tennessee Titans. They run into a legitimate smash-mouth physical playoff team, and the Dolphins come up softer than baby doo-doo. Um, you know, you know, Tua was awful. Um, I don't want to hear championship defense right now because no championship defense I know allows 200 yards on the ground, especially to a scrub like the Dante Foreman. Um, you know, and then you look at Waddle. I'd been asking the question on this show. I'd been asking the question on other shows, including my own YouTube channel. You know, COVID took Waddle out. We saw what this offense was without Waddle. You know, we had talked about this multiple times, Neil. I thought Bill Belichick... Was going to be the one that ended up scheming Waddle out of the out of, out of our game plan. It ended up being Mike Vrabel, and you saw how inept our offense looked. You know, led by the worst game of Tua Tungvaloa's career, and he's probably played himself out of Miami with his recent three game stretch, which have been beyond very underwhelming. Um, after he was starting to look like he was turning a corner there on the first four games of that winning streak, um, and then you know. You look at Robert Hunt was probably the only guy who showed up on the offensive line. Jesse Davis, Keith Sack giving up on third down. You look at Austin Jackson on his heels all game. Another reason why I'm critical of why they weren't running the football was, you know, what's easier? Is it easier to set your feet and hold your anchor and pass pro? Or is it easier to run block? It's easier to run block, especially for our guys who are already not very good at pass pro. So, dropping back and throwing the ball 38 times, especially when you were in the game for the majority of it. I don't know who they thought they were going to beat with that. Um, you know, you look at Gusecki, another underwhelming performance. He's been an absolute ghost since um, the Ravens game. Um, Duke Johnson had his legs going under him. He looked like he was the only guy who was going to pr- produce for us, and yet he wasn't getting fed enough. That man was like Ryback. He was out there screaming, feed me more and they were refusing to put the plate in front of him on the table. Um, you look at defensively, you know, Christian Wilkins, he was, you know, he was pretty good for that, for the majority of that game. You know, I think, he, you know, Ogba got washed out. Jalen Phillips didn't really have a good game. You know, uh, Wacon had his worst game as a professional. I think Christian Wilkins was the only guy who showed up on the first level. You go to the second level, and Landon Roberts was absolutely, he was targeted by the Titans and destroyed by the Titans in the run game. When they got to that second level, they targeted him and Raekwon. They exposed it. They worked it. And that's where they ran their success. And, you know, we needed a true run-stopping Mike more than ever this week. We didn't have it. But Jerome Baker did, yeah, and you know how critical I am of Neil. Jerome Baker worked his ass off in a game that mattered. 
um, and he showed up. Uh, Javon Holland, um, he was the man who showed up in the secondary. Byron Jones wasn't targeted, but you look at, you know, X gave up a key first down to A.J. Brown. Um, you know, when I got one guy on each level showing up on defense, when I got Robert Hunt and um, Robert Hunt and Duke Johnson, the only guy showing up on offense because – and I don't even want to say Waddle didn't show up. He wasn't allowed to because of how they game plan for him. You know, when I got five players show up and I need 22 players to suit up for me, Neil, you know, and then let, let's get, I mean, the coaching was awful at times. The play calling was suspect at times. The fact that they didn't adjust their game plan like the Titans did by running the football and giving their quarterback who was off and having a bad game already when they were going to put him into a chance to throw, when they really should have limited him, when they were going to put him in a chance to throw, they should have given him strictly high percentage throws. They didn't, um, you know, you know, they didn't manufacture space for Waddle by putting him in the backfield like we saw the week before in the Saints to get your best player on offense going. They didn't do that. You know, you look at it, it was just offensively. And that's why I can't hold Brian Flores uh, accountable for the offense. But, you know, I got to hold Godsey and Studesville and, and Lemuel Jean-Pierre to, uh, you know what I mean? Most of that offensive line, Gasecki, DVP, you know, I got to go Gaskin. You remember that? You remember they threw that screen to Waddle and Gaskin goes out there and gives him the worst effort on yeah, a block awesome. ever. And Waddle had a bunch of uh, space in front of him if he would have got even some kind of an effort on a block. Like it was just like, it, and, and Neil, another example, you know, we've talked about it up here. Why do they keep having, you know, Gaskin on run on third and one? You know, they did it again. And now you're putting him in also in positions where he's got to be your lead blocker for Jalen Waddle, your best weapon. Are we crazy right now? Like, you look at it. We still got routes, Neil, landing on top of each other and bringing defenders into areas where they shouldn't be that are taking away reads or making reads congested if you're going to throw there. Like, you know, I, I, I look at this, and it's just like, from Tua being so underwhelming and clearly playing his way out of Miami, that's, you know, I'm under the belief, and I know you are too, Watson or not, Tua is done in Miami, is from my understanding. Um, from that to the coaching effort with Boyer and Godsey and Lemuel Jean-Pierre to, you know, the effort we got from the offensive line in a game we needed them to be better than they were against Carolina you know what I mean? And we got none of, you know, Gasecki, they took away Waddle, like, you know, and Neil, a game like where Waddle was out with COVID, Gasecki and DVP have a chance to step up and be the big dogs. Neither one does, you know, then on top of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm never one. I believe that if you have to rely on officiating, well, you didn't do enough to win the game. But Neil, 17 to three, we don't get that call when that was a mugging on Devontae Parker or earlier where we don't get that call where the defender's back was turned to the sideline. He was mugging Gusecki and Tua through to the area. I know people were like, oh, what a bad throw. Tua almost got a pick. Well, no, you're taught when you see it. And if you actually watch that play, everything else on the field was taken away. So you're taught when you see that, throw it to the air, to the spot, because your player can even make a play on it or he can draw the flag. And you know, I made a highlight clip. I mean, you know it as well as anyone, Neil. Last year, him and DVP, and even this year a few times, were drawing flags like no one's business off of, you know, contact from defenders. Mike Gusecki continues. Like, it just seemed like what ne whatever happened, Neil, 
it wasn't our day and it really wasn't meant to be. And the football gods were like, yeah, it was great. You guys won seven in a row. But hey, guess what? You're still that one in seven team when you go up against a legitimate playoff contender. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a very fair way of summing it. And I don't think that means the seven-game winning streak's not impressive because it is, no matter who you beat in football, the old cliche. Yeah. I don't care if it's Joe Flacco or Mike Lennon. Um, you know, they did beat Lamar Jackson during that time. But, you know, I, I'm disappointed, man, but I'm not surprised. You know, sometimes as a fan, mm-hmm. you let what's right in front of you go away because you, you're hopeful for yeah. your team, right? Yeah, recency bias, right? Right. And, and like, if you like think about this team, and I'll start with the special teams. Mike Pilardi was legitimately punting 36 oh. yard punts. Oh. I went in my backyard and kicked one and just to see if I could do it <laughs> the next day. And I got 38 yards. So I'm not kidding. Like, hey, he gave that. us, he actually, you're right. He gave us about 36 yards, but he actually gave us. 29.8 net yards per punt right. when you counted in the returns. Right. So, I mean, you're talking about the worst punter in football. And Jason Sanders, I he had worst the all-time year. Yeah. He, this year, he made the least amount of field goals in football and had the worst percentage made. I mean, he is the worst kicker in football. I mean, there's – you. so, like, we can talk about that. But – and an arbitrary – Neil, is before, you, can, before man. you continue, how you paid Jason Sanders before Emmanuel Ogba. Right. Especially with Emmanuel Ogba's stock right now. Who okayed that one? But continue on, sir. Yeah, but not even just the kicker and the punter, right? Like our return game all year, oh. even, even Jalen Waddle, right? I like Tommy Lee Lewis when we had him, to be honest with you. But yeah, I agree. It's been so underwhelming. Bad. And, then, yeah. and then you think about the offense, and like we all tried to like convince ourselves that it was okay that we barely that we could, it was manageable. We could get by with it. Yeah, we got like oh, it's all right that we only scored thirteen against the Saints team that literally had three linebackers out and Malcolm Jenkins and you know all that stuff. But at the end of the day, man, like if you look at this offense in its totality, like we we have a bunch of backup running backs playing, and that's not taken away from Duke Johnson, you know, who's been a good addition since he's been here. But you know, I think he's more of a number two, number three receiver. I mean, running back in this league, Gasking, I think is, is you know, fantasy football owners will tell you otherwise. But I actually think at this point he's unrosterable because he's not good at picking up the blitz. He can't get short yardage and like that waddle run. Like I was literally throwing my remote across the room with all that, Um, you know, and you know, look at the, like Mike is sick. He's in a contract year and he, you know, he made some nice plays, but you know, this guy, he's only got two touchdowns on the season. Devontae Parker still can't separate Uh, Albert Wilson, Preston Williams, milk cotton, milk carton players. They don't, they just, they're not even there anymore. Don't start it with me on Albert Wilson. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Waddle got bracketed. He had two ca- or three catches for 47 yards. I mean, you know, he's the best player on that offense. Um, Robert Hunt. I mean, the line actually played their probably best game considering the competition, but that doesn't mean they didn't have their penalties. Uh, when you see the problem is when you uh, see, when you watch the all 22, give up. Uh, no, yeah. when you watch the all 22, these guys were getting mugged all day. And yeah, all, I mean, all it, Jackson got benched, right? At one point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and then Kinley comes in and gives the pressure right up, right away. You, you know, mean, and, and here's the thing: like you know, you know, Austin Jackson was a train wreck that game. When you watched all twenty two, he wasn't still wasn't picking. He had one, I, but I will give him credit. Game against the Jets, I will give him credit. He, 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 <laughs> he, he had he had one play where I finally saw him pick up a stunt. 
but there are multiple players where he's literally on his hands and knees. He was getting destroyed up the middle by Jeffrey Simmons. And I'm not expecting him to, uh, I'm not, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting him to win that. You know what I mean? But like Jesse Davis, you know, the guy gives up one sack, but it happens to be on a key third down. You know what I mean? Like if you look at a lot of Tua's bootlegs, a lot of them weren't designed. It was Tua running for his life because, you know, Dieter had an awful game when you watched it all 22. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Eichenberg really wasn't that good. You know, Robert Hunt, again, was the only guy who showed up and was like, hi, I'm a legitimate NFL starter. You know what and, I mean? Oh, on, on the one of the first runs of the game, dude, he legitimately, I don't know, I think it was Denitro Aki, smashed the yeah. defensive tackle down, then got to the next level. And I think Duke had like an eight, nine-yard run on the first like run of the game. And I was like, damn, Hunt, Hunt's here to play. But like, yeah, the offensive line's awful. And like all these things that we knew, we just thought they would kind of go away or get better, and they just never did. Good. And, you know, obviously there's two at Tonga Valoa. That's probably the worst football game that guy's played in his life at any it level. Is. It at is. At any is. level. It I mean, and, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That was one of the worst football games I've ever seen a Dolphins quarterback play, and I said all the way since Ray Lucas. So that, that will throw it back. I don't know. John Beck was pretty bad. Right. So well, that's what it reminded me of, actually, when he fumbled that snap on our possession in, in yeah. the red zone uh, that gave the Titans the, back, the ball back in the red zone. That's what it reminded me of was John Beck. But it wasn't just the fumbles, and it wasn't like you know the lack of. He he started missing throws that should be money throws for him that we've seen, and it was like, and then that trend of me seeing balls sail over the middle of the field, right, high and away, and like, and I mean the and the weather, you know, as much as it hurt us, it also helped us because he really should have probably had three or four interceptions, and like you know, I'm not going to make my rhetoric to be a. Tua Tungavaloa Bashan's, you know, mission. I, I think at the end of the day, we all knew at the trade deadline that Tua Tungavaloa was going to have a very hard uphill battle to climb to be the quarterback. He couldn't be a contributing right. factor to us losing, and he very much was so this past weekend. Right. And, and I think that we knew this was an audition, and he had to be special for them not to move forward. To make an acquisition. And he looked like he was getting there over those first four games. It looked like that game was coming where here we go. And then it and then instead he nosedived. Right. And I think a lot of the things that you know we're not privy to that happened between him and his family behind closed doors, him and his agent, him and his circle his of coach, stuff, him and his him coach. And the coach, all those things, like there's animosity there, there's bad blood there. Yeah. Tua doesn't want to be here. As much as we don't want him to now, and now no, when no, I say no, no. I'm talking about that. the Dolphins, front yeah, 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 the organization, the organization. Yeah. So they've hit a standstill <clears throat> that I believe is truly beyond repair. And you know, I'm not going to get into a lot of those rumors and stuff that we've heard. Reason we've heard a lot of the same stuff, yeah. but we just know that it's a very bad situation. It's bad. It's it's nuclear, and, bro. This thing is like DefCon five over here, bro. And and, and <laughs> we, we know, right? Like. The guy they want is Deshaun Watson, and yep. it's not reinventing the wheel. And Drop then, the name. Tell right. them who the tell them the backup plan. Come on, give him give it. Yeah, to I them. will. But here's the thing: the thing mm-hmm. is, Watson does want Miami. Yeah. But now we've heard teams like Cleveland are going to be going to Cleveland. He ain't going to Cleveland. He ain't we've heard like I'm just saying overall Pittsburgh. Carolina is the only team that worries he me because of them. He, I, I'm just okay, saying, hold on. Hold on, hold on. He actually never technically rejected them. What happened was, like Stephen Ross, their owner was asking for permission, and then they backed out because there wasn't enough time left 
and Ross never like Ross never ended up getting on the phone with him because there wasn't a lot of time left. Cool. And but the difference between us and them was we wanted him to settle some of the stuff. Carolina was like, we don't care. But he actually never technically rejected them. Like but he, he only approved Miami as it as- well. He never got it. Never got like the Carolina Panthers never actually fielded an offer, and so they never had to go to him and re- ask. He never was asked to approve. I'm not saying I still think he's going to take Miami over Carolina. I'm yeah. just saying that never like he rejected Philadelphia straight up. They had a deal agreed to between the two teams. He was asked. He rejected them straight up. Said no. Yeah, and, and I've been told directly that Deshaun Watson wants It's going to be Miami. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but. There's the only way it's not going to be Miami is if he gets cleared and we get caught sitting our hands and we're like playing patty cake for some reason right. and, 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 and someone swoops in. That's the only. And well, that's look, and why I worry about Carolina because of the Clemson connection. That's what worries me because, yo, dude, listen, at the end of the day, what everyone does in their own bedroom is their own thing. But. Even if you don't do that, let's say it's all whatever. The amount of privacy he would get in Carolina, I think that would be secretly alluring because of the Clemson connection. They will protect him no matter what out there. You know what I mean? Like Now, I think if he wins in Miami, we will protect him no matter what. I'm not saying we wouldn't do that. But I'm saying if we get caught patty cake, I think that could be one of the reasons why Carolina could allure him. And, I mean, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I you know get what that. I mean? I, I, I but I still that. think he says Miami over us, yeah, over I, I Carolina. Don't, I honestly don't even think it's close. First of all, I, I, I know that one of the things that's attractive to him is Brian Flores, whether we agree or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Matt Rule is kind of a laughing stock. But is Brian Flores going to be here? Yeah, well, well, yeah, I think we'll talk about that in a couple Ooh. of minutes. Uh, Carolina's roster overall, I don't think even – compares to what we have oh hey hey, hey. but can we both agree they're building what we have defensively they're just in the early stages but they have a ton of fantastic young pieces but they also don't have they don't have the draft resources right over the next two drafts to make that kind of move right like they they've traded a ton of their picks uh, on on draft night you can trade the next you can trade into yeah but would you want them now if you're Nick Cesario wouldn't you want those picks in the year this year and next year I agree with you I I agree with you bro but I'm just we're only talking about that if we get caught patty cake because because it's a possibility because the thing is whether it's Miami or we get caught patty cake and he likes some other destination Deshaun Deshaun Watson controls where he goes this is my thing Neil. If he gets cleared and we know, okay, because we both know the interest is just as strong between both camps as it was, you know, way, whatever, right? Yeah, I think it's okay. So yeah. it, listen, why the hell aren't both of us, Watson and the organization, strong arming the Texans being like, especially now that we're going to get into the $40 million cap hit? If he gets cleared and they can't put him on an exempt list and they got to eat that $40 million, because oh, yeah. I'm Watson. I'm strong arguing them for the team I'm going to too because I want them to have that draft capital to continue building around me. Right. Well, here's the thing: the re- the answer to that is because when it was only a ten million dollar cap, it, it takes three to tango. Like legitimately, yeah. they paid the now same. Now when it hits forty, though, oh, right. it's our it's in our ball court. Is what I'm saying. I mean, if if we have the market narrowed down and we are the he lets it be known that's the only place I'll go, and he tells it because you know there'll be a backdoor connection. I mean, we can even argue Will Fuller was that, and that's why they've never cut him and they've kept him around. So 
if, 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 if that's the deal, why are they not just saying, listen, strong arm them so we only got to give up two firsts and a second and a third so we can get you on the cheap. So, hey, you know, we give you one first this year, one first next year, so we still got one first next year to use with you. Like, like play these. If that well, way, well, here's he, why you don't do that. I'll tell you why you don't do it. To your earlier point, you don't want to play patty cake and then have something else swoop in and fuck you over because yeah. I bet then the quarterback you think they're really going to play patty cake, cake, though, for, you yeah. know, <laughs> Then we're going to look at Kirk Cousins as our starter next year, and I think uh, we all drops the bomb. Yeah, like then we'll all be looking at you know what life's like without you. Two think they'll move? Think, you think they'll, they'll move off that quickly? If I mean, I, I like look. I think that they're in the in the driver's seat to get Deshaun Watson for all the reasons we said. I think that they. they I'm just saying, don't get hosed, bro. You're in a situation. Well, I, I don't, don't think three hosed. first round picks and a, and two seconds is getting hosed. What about just three first round picks? I think that's fair. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, like, we got to incur that money. Are you kidding me? Here you go. Here's your first. Yeah, but like if you look at it, right? Like wink, it's, wink. Say it's we got to incur that money. Rounders and two second rounders, three first and two seconds, right? I mean, look, you trade Tua, you get another second back, right? So I mean, like, look, it's a it's a steep price to pay. There's no doubt about it. But like for for the starting upper echelon quarterback in football, like it's it's well worth it if the if like and everything we always have to preface. But this, do but, you like, think? Because of the lack of development and how they treated this situation, do you think we're even getting a second for Tua? Um, someone will pay for it. I think, yeah, I think someone will still pay the second. Are you gonna I watch th- him if he goes somewhere else? Yeah, of course I'll watch him. But you know, I, that, that's why most- I hope he goes to an NFC team, so I don't gotta worry about him. You know what I mean? Well, one of the most intriguing stories will be see how he does work. Because I'll, I'll say this: because the Dolphins are gonna Sean love- Payton pick up that phone. I'm telling you right now. Well, the Dolphins are get a lot of blame for not surrounding him with talent, the offensive line, all this. But l- let's just say this: he still had an opportunity here, and he still failed. And well, uh, well, and that goes to your point, though. He tried and he failed over these last three games, and especially in the the finale, well, in in the Titans game. But just like they tried to surround him, and aside from Waddle and Hunt, they failed. Yeah, well, they they did that. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the blame's mutual. And I've seen yeah, yeah. when I've seen in the feed that I at least see on Twitter, everyone's blaming the Dolphins, the Dolphins, the Dolphins. You know, like you know, okay. But they also did spend the number six overall pick for Jalen Waddle yeah, when you know you Michael Parsons was right there, and Michael but, Parsons in this defense. Yeah, but you know what you should have done, brother? Is it should have been if you and I said this even before the season started. So this is nothing new for me. If you knew you were drafting Waddle at six, you should have signed my boy Corey Lindsay over. Of course, yeah, over, we are. You didn't need Will Fuller if you were signing, if you were drafting Jalen Waddle. Yeah, and and I think like and there you go, and like so like and I and by the way, I would take Waddle over Micah Parsons myself personally. I'm just making an example that yeah, 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 you know yeah. they chose Waddle because he's a great electric weapon for Tua, or even if it wasn't, but then they did sign Will Fuller and like. Sometimes as a franchise, like there was nothing there ever in the history of Will Fuller that said that he was going to become a malcontent that or he could depend him or or you could. But there was nothing uh, in his resume that said you could depend on him either. They did only pay him ten million dollars. I know that's a lot of money, man. But for for what Will Fuller was last year as a player. Oh, for agree. I agree. I mean, he's an 18, 20 million dollar year player. So they got him more now. now, Yeah. Now I'm veteran minimum. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think his career might be over. Can he um, even sign a page? Can he even sign a contract because of the finger anymore? You tell me, bro. Yeah, right, right. But like, that's the thing. So, 
Like, look, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson in Miami literally after next week's game, probably all, all the way until week. the draft. So, like, and every would... time you come on my YouTube channel, you know that's what we're going to be talking about. Because I'm having you're coming on in a couple of weeks. I want to do end of the season roundtable, and I want you to be a part of it because I'm going to have Amen. a bunch of content creators on it, and we'll we'll discuss. I'm thinking January. We'll talk about a date, so, man. I, I yeah. like. This doesn't make two to a bad person. I'm gonna tell you right now. Can I tell you right now? Yeah, I agree with you. He's a bit, I, I, I'm not gonna put my credibility on the line just because I had a great evaluation of the kid and I really liked the kid. The fact of the matter is, the last three games have been very underwhelming. When we needed yep. him to step up, he was awful. My whole thing is just I want everyone to realize: yes, call say Tua was awful. Yes, say Tua didn't show up. Cool, but there was a a month. Like I said earlier, there's multiple other people, including coaches who. Didn't show up either. You know what I mean? They never got off the bus, right? So yeah. Tua oh, wasn't the only the whole, one. Just like, just like, hold on, just like in Week 17 against Buffalo. If I go back to that game, the receipt is out there. I said so. Two is included. I said the only one that got off the bus last year against Buffalo was Andrew Van Ginkle. Like people forget, Matt Barkley looked like a a freaking MVP in the second oh, half yeah. against us, and we were still in that game, right? Because I was like, okay. We're, they're, what was it, 24 to 6 and a half? I'm like, okay, cool. They're going to pull Josh Allen. Barkley's going to, I remember my thought process because I was even live. I was like, they're going to pull Bark, they're going to pull Allen. Barkley's going to come in, Neil. And I'm like, our defense is going to feast, give our offense chances, and we're going to come right back into this game. And our defense continued to put up a dud. Just like I'll say, like I said earlier, this defense was very good. And you know, I was saying this, Neil. If you look at that stretch of seven games, we were beating like respectable to good defenses, but we were beating bad offenses, right? And yeah. like even the Giants, they like they were bad offense, but they like they had the 17th best uh, pass defense, and we saw their secondary was actually pretty good, like with Bradbury and everyone in there. But anyways, I digress. Like you look at how all this, and then what happens? Now yeah. we go up against not only a good defense but an offense that is coached very well. And what's crazy is you're in Miami where it rains like that. And they were more prepared. Like, cause yo, Neil, I, I, like you're a coach of a team. You see that weather happening. Like, let me put you in a coach in the OC's position for a sec. Okay. We already have an inkling. They don't trust to. Okay. We already right. have that inkling, right? Yep. The game's still close. It's 10 to three, right? Yep. Sorry, what? No, they hadn't scored the touchdown yet, right? Wasn't it only three nothing when he had his first fumble? Yeah, that, no, no, they scored a touchdown. It was right. It was seven zip, and then we got the ball, and then he fumbled. And then, oh yeah, we stopped them, and they scored a field goal yep, off the yep. fumble, right? Okay, yep, yep. so when it would have been ten nothing, okay, now I know it's still manageable, right? Because it's like a score and a half, two scores away, right? But it's really a score and a half if you score two touchdowns, right? So, anyways, so I know we're still in this game, and I know our defense is, and I'm just putting you in a situation. And me and you, who are were we were believers in Tua. So even guys who believed in Tua, all right. And I, and I still hold on. Hold on. Said, I am yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. We both think if he goes somewhere else to the right offense, he's gonna he's gonna prosper in whatever way he prospers. Okay, right. We can both agree with that. But anyways, so we're believers in Tua. We're not doubters like some of the coaching staff. Right? Is what the context I'm setting up there for. So if we would have seen that fumble, because you know it was very similar of. It reminded me of the LSU game in Bama where he fumbled. Right in the yeah, first half, and 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 what happened? I, I could tie those two in, but anyways, wouldn't you have? Maybe I'm calling me crazy, but wouldn't you have said, "Okay, we got to run the football. 
it's going to be easier for our offensive line to run block than hold their anchor and get pushed back on their heels in this crappy turf, in this crappy weather. Clearly, it's not. It's going to be another day of it's not to his day. So we can run the football. We can possess the clock. We can hopefully move the chains. We can keep Tennessee's offense off the field as much as possible if we move the chains. And if we need this kid on like second and six and under or third and like three on a bootleg or something like that, when they're manageable situations where we can bootleg him, play action, whatever, okay, then we'll go to it, right? But take the ball. Because that's what the, the Titans essentially did. They took the ball out of out – of, Tannehill's hands and then when we were biting on the run that's where the touchdowns came biting on the play action right like I feel like especially if you saw it, it wasn't going to be your quarterback say coming off the last two games Neil where we could both agree we were seeing he was kind of underwhelming for what we saw right like he was right. getting like C grades from both of us in those games right like I think I think I gave him a C and then I bumped it up to a C plus after the all twenty two against the Saints and I gave him a C minus against the Jets. I was C minuses in both for me. Uh, yeah, and I gave him a C minus against the Jets. So still, we're kind of in the same ballpark, right? So we were still seeing it. So w- isn't that more reason to kind of say? And this is not an excuse for two. This is saying like, screw him. We got to win this game. Take the ball out of his hands, type thing, Neil. You know what I mean? Like, screw right. to his feelings. Well, screw if he's the guy. We got to win this game and. We can't afford to have him throw 38 times and figure out if he's the guy. Duke Johnson's giving us seven yards to carry. Like, there was even that one drive where Duke got us beyond midfield. Then all of a sudden, on first and second down, we became pass happy. And it was like, keep feeding Duke. Screw it. If we got to field goal this game to death with, with running the football, I'm down because, God, bro, Tennessee ran the ball 40 times. Like, dude, I agree. Everything went to went to crap in the fourth quarter, but yeah. they still had around 150 yards rushing heading into the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, like, and, and that was the first time our our uh, in a while that our because run- we faced a team that was actually like, come on, we know Kamara's great, Neil, but they're not a smash mouth. Well, hit you in the they face. had both their offensive tackles out that are yeah. both all pro but, but players. Too. Yeah, I agree, but they're not. But you look at their offense, right? They're not built like that, right? Like, like you look at Kamara; he's more of an outside zone runner. He's not hitting you up the gut all the time. Where the Titans with Derrick Henry are built to smash you in the mouth, like of course. You yeah, know what I mean? And that offensive football. line is so good. And you know they didn't miss a beat when they lost Conklin. And here's the other thing too: is Neil. On both sides of the football, other than Hunt and Wilkins, we lost badly in the trench battle. Yeah, but you know, it, 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 see that that's not, not surprising to me at all. I mean, that's how the Titans were going to win this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, when you think about it, like the way I see it, it's a little bit different, right? Like, so okay, go ahead. I, I think that like our defense, if after three uh, quarters, it was seventeen to three. I think they did enough. Don't get me wrong. Just because I'm not saying they're in championship, I think they did enough to keep us in the game. But in the end, it was the possession led by and the and the passing touchdown set up all by the run that were eventually our down da- our defensive downfall in terms of why they were giving up points. I don't. I don't think they were. By no means do I think they're awful. Let me get. Well, that you straight. read the body language of those defensive players during that course yeah. of that game. It's kind of like they're just sitting on the sides, like looking at that offense, like. Are you guys going to do anything today? Dude, watch we- the all 22 of that Jesse Davis sack on um on third down because it was all Jesse Davis, right? Like it wasn't on two. He didn't have any time. If you go watch the all 22 of the broadcast, you can someone pointed this out to me. You could literally see the sideline 
And bro, they all put their hands on their thighs and like dip their heads. Yeah, I mean, like that's what like look, you've played football, that's how it goes, man. Yeah. Like if you, when you're on the other side of the ball and the other side's just like I mean, like not only were like like so like the Titans got to do their game plan because our offense didn't do anything to change what they had to do on yep, that side of the ball, exactly. right? Exactly. So yep. like if we were if we were scoring points, they were gonna have to let Tanny Hill put they the were ball. sending three or four and dropping everyone back and taking away all of that stuff we wanted to run right. with RPO and stuff. And the fact they were running the ball negated our pass rush, which is the way that you beat Ryan Tannehill by putting him the pressure, put the ball yeah. in the air, and he's going to yeah. turn the ball you over. Stop the run and put the ball early. In the early, he came very close in the first quarter to throwing a couple interceptions over yeah. the middle. Yeah, and and they took and, the ball out of his hands, Neil. And then you know what? The, and then they adjusted, and then they ran, and you know, like you know, high percentage throws from there on out. And our whole defensive line had a rough game. I mean, they were getting blown off the ball. Other you know, than Wilkins, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, they were getting blown off the ball. You know, like, it, it, it just was, it was, it was ugly. Bad, like, here's what the measuring stick tells me now, right? Like, because we got to be honest. The, the last two seasons in yeah. big showdowns, yeah, the upper echelon teams in the NFL have smacked us around. Yep. The Chiefs beat us last year, right? Yep. Um, I know we beat Baltimore this year, but let, let, we got to be a little bit honest. They do have 23 players on IR, and they have a lot of people in COVID. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just being a devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. I still think it's a good win. I still think it was a shock the world win for us. But the last time we played Baltimore when they were full strength, they beat us 59 to 10. Like, the Dolphins are a good middle-of-the-pack AFC team. Yeah. We all want them to be contenders. They are nowhere near yeah, yeah. that right now. And honestly, this in, this offseason is going to be so interesting, way more than just the quarterback, because there's other questions that exist, right? Yeah, and this yeah. leads to a good point for – like, there's Xavier Howard. And it's not to say he's not the best player on this team. He I'm is. keeping him. Sorry, Neil. Yeah, keeping I mean, him. he's $30 million, but <laughs> I mean, 30 years old. I'd get rid of Byron Jones before I got rid of him. Yeah, and, and that could be a possibility because, you know, I was telling you this before we got on there. Dolphins always make that one move head into the season that has you scratch your head. Like, I didn't see that coming. For me, this year, it was releasing Bernardrick McKinney. I was like, damn, did not see that coming. I thought that guy was going to be a good value. He just restructured. Could have used him on Sunday. Right. I mean, we could have used him all season. Um, But, like, hell, you know, we could have used Raekwon Mc, McMillan on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, we, we've – I mean, Landon Roberts is – We need that run stopper at the second level, Neil. We re uh, Landon Roberts – is not a legit run stopper. He yeah. lays the lumber, but this guy cannot Very stop. The, yeah, like he's we we need warrior. that Mike. He's a warrior, but he's a limited player. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's just the fact. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, he's look, a backup. He's a backup. And I don't even want to start talking about draft picks because I really don't believe we're going to have any. So oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what I mean? I, I mean, because because I'll tell you right now, man, Nicobe Dean or Devin Lloyd in the middle of this defense would oh. look phenomenal. But at I'll the take Nicobe. At, we have a game coming up against uh, New England, so we can have a winning season, you know. But unfortunately, you know, this team got off to. I, I think it was Javon Holland that said that, or maybe Eric Rowe that said the one and seven. Eric Rowe that said the one to seven start was just too much to overcome. And and I think we the, all knew they weren't winning nine. Yeah, I don't think. I, I think we all started to try to find reasons why the streak would continue and not look at the obvious, which is the offensive line is awful, the special teams is awful. And the offense as a whole just did not put a lot of points on the board, you know, and the defense was forced to carry the burden and they got worn out. And late in that Titans game, they got worn out again. And like, look, you know, they're, they're a bunch of dudes and they have pride, but like, 
I think you're going to have a lot of Dolphins making some business decisions this weekend. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's the nature of the game. There's not a lot to play for. So, but, you know, before we jump into the Patriots, let's discuss. Let's a go, I got a couple things. I got a couple. Yeah, things. go ahead. You, you start off. I know you got a segment you wanted to roll. Do you want to start off a segment or do you want yeah, me to I'm ask gonna, the question? You, so let's ask this segment. Three names. Go ahead. And you tell me in and out, in or out on each of these three people. Yeah. And they're going to be Brian Flores, mm-hmm. Mike Kosicki, and then Tua Tungavaloa. Okay. Can I start in the in my own Any order? order? Any order. Um, Mike Kosicki, out like the kid. I don't think we best utilize his skill set. I don't. I think that thirteen million or so that he wants can be used other in other areas that can help this team moving forward. No matter who the quarterback is, um, that's not to say I don't think Mike Kosicki can go somewhere else and be an absolute monster. You know, go to Jacksonville and help Trevor Lawrence. Right, and that's honestly where I think he would go. <laughs> yeah. Um, to a tongue of Aloha, I mean, I would be in for third year, and I got to be consistent because. Uh, but hold on, there's an asterisk to this. Let me preface what I'm about to say. There's an asterisk, and I will get to what the asterisk is. I, 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 I would I would be in for a third year because I got to be consistent, Neil. I've always said you give, especially quarterbacks, three years, then you make your evaluation. Um, <clears throat> So, I mean, you know, again, you know, look at Josh Allen over his first two years, right? Um, So... You know, and right now Tua has better stats over than Josh Allen over his like his first twenty one games or whatever. So right, yeah. you know, whatever. So, but the asterisk is, and I've been consistent. Deshaun Watson is clearly an upgrade. If you can get, and this is where I've been consistent. You can go back and watch him inside the NFL here, wherever. If you can get him for a good price, you pull the trigger. I mean, you know, he's only a couple years older. He's clearly an upgrade. Um, he's a better athlete. I mean, and, and this is where I'm going. I don't want – okay, and here's the thing. I know we've heard about the Kirk Cousins as the backup plan, and I don't want him for the same reason I don't want Russell Wilson, though I think Russell Wilson is clearly better than Kirk Cousins. And the reason why is those two guys at their stages of the career, they need an offensive line, and they need weapons. That's exactly what Tua needs, right? So there's no – I don't – you know what I mean? Like I know – Deshaun Watson is special enough where I know he can't make up for all the deficiencies, but he can make up for some of them. And I don't think, I think he can make up for more of them than Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins could. You know what I mean? Agree with you 100%. I love, I, 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 I love Russell. Aaron Rodgers is my favorite player in the NFL. Um, not on the Miami Dolphins. And he has been that since he's been a Green Bay Packer. I loved him coming over to Cal. The thing is, what worries me is that he's hitting the big 4-0, and I'm not going to sit here and assume everyone trains, eats, and has the regiment and lifestyle of Tom Brady. And you look at what Aaron Rodgers looks like after an offseason. He looks like he just came out of the bush. So I'm not going to sit here and suggest he has as good of a regiment. And you could take that nosedive at any time when you hit 40. And I, I love Aaron Rodgers, but... Again, I would take Deshaun Watson over. I, I would take Deshaun Watson over him. Uh, you know, every and day. Rogers right isn't leaving Green Bay, man. I, I yeah. think they're going to work it out. They've yeah. got a franchise yeah, yeah. take Devontae Adams, and like if he did become available, like he's going to have a very him and Lafleur. They seem like they're really even gotten closer this year too. Yeah, right? and, and, and if he gets aren't hard- they aren't they the first team to have like 
three, like third, what is it, like twelve or thirteen win seasons? What is it? What, yeah, I mean they, they they they've been great and they've and they've won without some of their key players. But if Aaron Rodgers shakes free man, he's gonna have his hand picked team and he he's gonna go to Denver. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, you know one team that I think, man, honestly would be a dark horse because I think that they could compete for a championship right away would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know that's like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where I think that's gonna be a player for Tua. And Matt Ryan. They uh, the rumor is that they are they've already got a wink wink look at uh look at me deal with uh Matt Ryan, but we'll see what happens. Please keep going. By the way, please bring Calvin Ridley to the Dolphins, Miami. Amen. Uh, one of my favorite receivers in the NFL. Love that guy. When, when you're, dude, when you're that good and you're so good, they push Julio out the door for you. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. Anyways, um, because yo, it wasn't. If you look at, I know you play fantasy too. You look at those last couple seasons. He's he was make- statistically outproducing Julio when they're on the same team and healthy there. But anyways, okay. Um, so yes, I would take Watson over two at the right price. I mean, you got to call a spade a spade after what I've seen over the last three games. Those first four games gave me a ton of hope. Um, the Atlanta gave me a game, gave me a ton of hope because I thought he was one of the best players on the field. And I thought Flores cost us the game. I thought though we lost to Jacksonville, I still think he was one of the best players on the field. Um, and I thought coaching again cost us in that game. And then obviously we had to rely on Jacoby Brissett. Because I mean, you look at it, if we had a better backup than Jacoby Brissett and if we got proper coaching in the Jacksonville and the Atlanta game, we'd be laughing our way into the playoffs right now. I mean, that's right. what's funny about this. We could have afforded to have this bad game. But anyways, um, so yeah, Deshaun Watson. I mean, anyone's lying to you if they would say they take two a tongue of low over Deshaun Watson right now. So all, 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 just football alone. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 100%. I, I understand when people say, like, I don't want the guy as my quarterback because of me. More. You know what's surprising, Neil? I've had a lot of tenured, like 30, 40, 50 yard, uh, 30, 40, 50 year fans are the ones that are saying they don't want Watson. And some of them aren't even to a guys. Like I've had people come to me yeah, in, no, in and their fair, DMs man. and like, like they, they're t- and like, they've been, the, I, like I hear it all the time. I've been rooting this team for 40 years, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and I get it, man. Hey, everyone, I am not here to pass judgment or cast stones on people on how they perceive things. Everyone is their own man or woman. Everyone has their own opinions and thoughts go through them as long as they're not, you know, racist, homophobic, or pedophilia, go ahead to have them have at them. You know what I mean? Well, like, dude, and, and yeah, and, you know, anyone you ask, anyone who knows me, you know, I respect women. I stand for women. But I, I'm just going to say, take a look at the NFL, right? Um, here in, in Baltimore, mm-hmm. no one talks about Ray Lewis and the things that the he murder? got off the field. <laughs> yeah. and, and I could, I could actually, outside of just that murder, tell you some things personally, um, one-on-one interactions that I've had with Ray Lewis. Um, not physical, obviously, or I wouldn't be on this podcast talking. No, about. you would not be. <laughs> but you know, I, I could just tell you that I, I I disagree with a lot of the things that yeah. he stands for. And you I, know, used to, I used to play in fantasy Neil with a guy. His uh, his fantasy name was Ray Lewis's bloody shirt, and he had the picture geez. of the bloody shirt. <laughs> well, uh, and he was a Baltimore Ravens fan. He loved Ray Lewis. There's <laughs> a statue out front of the stadium right now oh, of Ray oh, Lewis. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah. so let's just say we that. already know. We, no one we talks know. about Terrell Suggs beating a woman and his son and pouring bleach on him. Yeah. No one talks about Adrian Peterson beating his kid with a switch, like whatever. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff goes away when you so win. I, I'm not saying any of that is acceptable. Yeah. And if there's 22, any of that is acceptable. I stand pat to what I'll Oh, say. if he is guilty, throw Indicted, the book there's at him, no bro. chance. You bring back Cleo Lemon to be our starter over Deshaun Watson. Yeah, if you, if, if it's, as a daughter, as a, as a girl, dad, yeah, me two too. daughters, 
you know what I mean? If he's guilty, you th- I hope he rots in hell if he's guilty. If he's and, and not look, guilty, he deserves a, you know, he de- he de- and beyond all he deserves a due process, but if he's not guilty, then I mean, you, you know, you got to give the guy a pass. I mean, even if he does have a fetish or an addiction, people need to realize whether it's alcohol, drugs, whatever, sex, that's a disease. There's counseling for that because it's a disease. Like you cannot you cannot minimize that while also ripping him apart if he has a disease. Now, if he is guilty of everything he's being alleged of, like then I don't yes, give a yes, crap yes. about your disease. Right, your yeah, you're, you're the scum yeah. of the earth, bro. You're like I, you know, I hope you never see the light of day. You know what I mean? So right, one hundred percent. And that's where, like, I I can't make any judgments on any human being for anything that they're charged of or anything. Honestly, unless I know what the just ev- like there's some people the calling is- these women liars, Neil. And I'm like, it's such a I tell these people all the time, listen, Deshaun Watson, you have to give him the the benefit of the doubt. He is gu- not guilty until proven innocent. Sorry, he's guilty. Sorry, he's innocent until proven guilty. Just like you go and you look at the women. The women, you cannot sit there and call them liars. You have to take what they're saying at face Absolutely. value until the due process proves otherwise, right? Like you got to be in the middle for this one because the due process has to show one party is not t- being truthful until that happens and until we have all that evidence. It's way it's way too premature to jump the gun for either like, side, I think. And in mid-March is when the new NFL season starts. There's a oh, lot no. of time. We're going to have a lot more yeah. clarity on everything when that comes yeah. to fruition. So, like, that's why I want to be very careful about what we say here because, yeah. you know, you and I don't have a damn clue no. what happened with any of these women, yeah. who's telling the truth, who's not. Like, yeah. and that's not my job. That's not it's your not job. Then. It's We're not our place. Football players uh, yeah. on the field. And it's not our place to judge those yeah. people. It's not our place to judge right. those people like, until like, we know the like, facts. Because you know, you're yeah. right. Like, yeah. you, you you know, if those things are, are – factual we don't even have to worry about him quarterback or team because he won't ever play football again if yeah. everything that he's accused of comes to light yeah there's a yeah there's certain people out there right now who i mean let's say we mutually know them and you know mean yeah. you know don't get along with some of them but you know they've been on my show in the past and the things they've said about Deshaun Watson, man, if we acquire Deshaun Watson, there's receipts out there where a lot of people are going to have to answer. Yeah. You, know, I, 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 you know, some people are going to be, you know, just because they're pushing this to a hate narrative right now, I'm going to be watching people do song and dance when we get Watson, yet they used to talk real bad things about Deshaun Watson, you know, on platforms I'm a part of, and it's going to be right. really interesting to see their song and dance. But your third person is Brian Flores, and this leads me into a question. Okay, I'm going to answer that with a question, Neil. Yep. Would you? Would, would you? Because we know it happened when we gave Sperano his new money. So that's I, I, funny, man. I can answer. I'm going to answer all three of my same questions with an asterisk. You did it with like so that the Flores coaching question to me i think he's earned enough to keep his job because of the hot streak but like, are they going with is harbaugh's now well, available well, you're going right where i'm going man because i like i know well you remember was, when they gave sperano the money they tried still tried to court harbaugh well, right i know that the report came out to say that it looks like the raiders would be the front runners well i we talked know. to someone privately yesterday that said they fully they know of two teams that are interested and they full and then i asked are the dolphins one of them and the answer i got is I don't know if they're going to succeed, but I fully expect them to pursue that avenue. 
This is Stephen Ross's dream. No, you want me to hit you with something? You want me to hit you with something? Check this one out. You want me to blow your mind right now, dude? Sure. You know why you do? You know why? And this is, I'm going to answer my question. You know why I roll with Harbo over Brian Flores? Staff he'll build. Yep. Staff will come here. He's been to a, and you know, Ross is going to look at Flores and be like, yeah, this guy's actually coached in the Super Bowl. But yo, check this out. But check this out. You want me to blow your mind? Okay. First of all, two parts to this. I want you, we're going to role play the first part. Neil, you are Chris Greer. I am Steven Ross. I come to you, Neil. I say, listen, either you both go or do you want to keep your job? And then you say what? I'd like to keep my job. What, what, and and what, I say. Check every two weeks. Yes. So I say, okay, then Jim Harbaugh is the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins. What do you say? Awesome. Do you want me to send that trade in for Deshaun Watson as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want me to pack? Brian, give me 10 minutes, Stephen. I'll go pack, <laughs> you know, Brian Flores' office, right? Well, so, hold on. Check this. Check this. I'm, hold on. Hold on. I ain't done. Check this out. So now, okay, if you're going to go with Tua, let's say you're going to roll with Tua because let's say Watson gets indicted and you don't want to trade for anyone else and we don't want to draft anyone. So you say, okay, we're at least for one more year until next year's draft when, you know, Van Dyke might come out and Bryce Young will be coming out. Until those guys start, and there's other quarterbacks in that class that look like they're going to be good. When those guys come out, okay, we'll revisit this, okay? So who are you going to trust, Harbaugh or Flores? I vote Harbaugh. Number two, here's the real one. Here's the real kicker. This is what's going to blow your mind. If you look back to his championship, like, well, you know, if you look back to the team he led to the Super Bowl, right, Neil? Mm-hmm. If you go back to that team, what did he have? His quarterback, if you go get to Sean Watson, you were giving him an elite version of what Colin Kaepernick was for him. Do you know what he can? He's already proven with a Deshaun Watson style of quarterback. Well, and he's let's... never had that level of talent, but a style of quarterback. He can take that to the promised land. So imagine what he could do with that. And yeah. what does he do on offense because of what he was, because he was a former player. What does he do, Neil? The offensive line, he builds the trenches, and he makes sure you got a damn good running game to lean on. Well, let me, let's blow your mind because look at, you want to hear of irony? Because I, I agree that, like, so I'm with keeping Flores, but if we can somehow get Jim Harbaugh, oh, you, uh, move. you make the move. And, and, and it's because Sorry, of Brian. Well, it's mostly because of the staff, and he is the strong type of personality that would be able to handle such a big quarterback change in this town. But you know who his offensive coordinator was when he was in San Francisco, right? Greg Roman. Yep. The rumor is that the Ravens are going to be moving on from Greg Roman at the end of the season. You know who his defensive coordinator was in San Francisco? Vic Fangio. Heavily ruined to be getting fired from Denver at the oh, end. Oh, don't tease me. Oh, my God. Right, that so would be a superstar staff. Oh running back God. coach Tom Rathman. Tight end coach Eric Mangini. I mean, oh. he had a hell of a coaching staff. I mean, you're talking about so because here's what I think, honestly. I think Brian Flores' biggest flaw has been the staff he's been able to build. The support- and I'll tell you this, Neil. If we lose to the Patriots, you can bet your bottom dollar Steven Ross is making that call, bro. Yeah, yeah. And if and I think Josh Boyer's gone either way. And I think Matt Patricia's coming into town if Flores is the man here. And I um, think he needs to fire Lemuel Jean Pierre. And honestly, bro, I'm going to fire me. I'm I, I could do with. Lo- He's got to fire Eric Studsville because you'd never know this guy's a run game coordinator, let alone offensive coordinator. And I think you got to fire Godsey too. I think you need of to. You, you do, need to get a legitimate staff for Deshaun Watson, bro. But yeah, you so so yeah. So I would make the move for Harbaugh, but Flores to me gets the job if you don't get Harbaugh because honestly, yeah, I man, I don't I love a lot of. 
Like I like Nathaniel Hackett. One more year he gets. If he starts, he gets another year. If he starts slow, he's gone, bud. Mike Kosicki, I'm actually in on if we can franchise tag him for the $11 million. Now, that's as a tight end. If he somehow, because he splits out so much and the NFL gives him eligibility at wide receiver and it's an 18 or $19 million cap, then I'm out. If we have to sign him to anything that's 13 or $14 million, I'm actually out on Mike Kosicki, even though he's a young tight end who I still think is a top t- 10 tight end in football, just because I think that, like, I think fixing the offensive line is going to be more important. And if you're paying a quarterback $35 million, yeah. um, you're going to have to save some of the money to build the line. And I think a tight end's a more easy position to try to replace. And that's not to say that I don't love Mike Gusecki or think he's a good football player. This is just like, this is just a different predicament that we're going to be in. And I also think that there's part of Mike Gusecki that probably wants to move on from Miami. I mean, it's been pretty clear to me in his pressers that he isn't content right now. And I don't know if that's fixable, but you know, Look again. Read the body language. See this face. See the quotes. There, there, there's meat to the bone. If you want to dissect it enough. Now, Tua. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. Actually, he really disappointed me this year, man. Um, I, I love that four game efficient streak he went on, but I'm watching quarterbacks make big plays in this league. This is a big pick play offensive league. The rules are set up for quarterbacks to dominate. Pass interference, flags, all this. And look, there's a lot of things that have been stacked against him since he's been here, right? But, you know, we know who those quarterbacks that are performing are, and not every one of them is an ideal situation, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we know Josh Allen took a big leap. And I I don't know if Tua has the traits to make that leap. I still think that he has potential to be a very good, efficient quarterback in this league. I just don't see the superstar that I thought I was going to see. And I know that Herbert has a way better line than us, but he also has the most drop passes in football, right? And six he's been more, able to, he's got six more drop passes. Yeah, and he's been able to take that step. And you know, Joe Burrow has an unbelievable elite wide receiver core, and he has Joe Mixon. But you still got to make the plays, dude. And he's looked freaking elite. And and you see what elite quarterbacks can do to your organization. Because honestly, the Bengals are where I thought we were going to be as an organization. Yeah, I think yeah. they got a horrible coach. And, like, Burrow and Chase are great players. I, I thought Tua and Waddle would be equivalent to them. And I, I never thought I would think Zach Taylor's career is more secure in Cincinnati than Brian Flores. Right, me either. And, and, honestly, our defense is almost better at almost every level of theirs. We have a better tight end. They have a little bit better of an offensive line, no doubt about it. But, like, it's the receiving core and the quarterback and the running back. And, you know, we didn't build like we did, they, they did against those guys. But, like, look, that's the measuring stick in this league. And it definitely hurts Tua that he came out in the draft class with two guys that look like they're the top five quarterbacks in football. Right? Like, that definitely hurts him. And we haven't even seen Jordan Love take over yet. Yeah. And, but, but like, you know, this sucks because this is a breakup that's going to be very hard for me. Um, but the reason is, is I don't want to get rid of him if it's Kirk Cousins, if it's Matt Ryan, because I like to, and I still believe that let's build around him and see what we can do. And then if he fails – Kind of what the Browns look like they're going to do with Baker, not pay him, and then find another quarterback with a with a very well-positioned roster, right? But the thing that gets me, again, if he's cleared legally, is that Deshaun Watson, to me, is the – if I was starting a football team from scratch tomorrow, Pat Mahomes was the first pick of that whole, like, a fantasy Madden draft. And number two, I'm going Deshaun Watson. That's all due respect to Aaron Donald, who I think is the best player in football. But I think this is a quarterback-driven lead. 
league. He's 26 years old. And the rhetoric that I've heard that he won four games last year, I just laugh at because, you know, I love these QB win stat seasons because, look, if you want to look at stats, the guy's practically had the start of his career in four seasons, had 104 touchdown passes to 36 interceptions. And you look at that rookie year before he got hurt. He would have had a better rookie year than Justin Herbert. Dan Marino only had two seasons better than freaking Deshaun Watson. (laughs) No, but if you look at Justin Herbert's rookie year, that would have paled in comparison to if he didn't, if Watson did not get hurt. And and Watson did it, honestly, man. I know they got Laramie Tunsil in a trade for us, but he had a sacrifice, like hit the team around him, right? He also lost Hopkins that year and Clowney that year. So the Texans were a shell of themselves. But Deshaun Watson excelled with the worst offensive line in football with a very mediocre running game. Deshaun Watson still excelled. He shined. He created. I mean, this guy is as special as it gets at the quarterback position. Oh, and he's a freaking unbelievable athlete that can make plays with his legs. The only other quarterbacks that can make plays with their legs better than him are probably Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, and that's it. That's the short list. So – I, I know that he's had some injury history, but his freaking arm is outrageously – it's so impressive. Everything that he does on a football field is is elite. And I'm saying that I've had two as great since being drafted as a C plus, and this guy to me is an A football player at the most important position in the game. Sure, that it, it's not all doom or gloom. You get Watson and everything else stops. No one's saying that you get this guy and the Dolphins are going undefeated for the second time in the franchise history. But what I'm saying is like the if you look at the numbers of the cap, you can you can digest the $35 million hit and plus it's it's rumored he's willing to restructure. You can cut six guys and restructure Byron Jones, afford him, and still have $75 million in cap space, go get the best two offensive line in the in free agency, resign Agba, and still have enough money to sign another receiver, a linebacker. And have at it. Because that's what this Dolphin team is going to become if they make this move. They're going to be a team that goes and gets mercenaries like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did with Ndamukong Sue, right? Like, that's what they're going to be looking to do is get veteran people to add to their roster. You know, because, look, that's, that is what they'd have to do to kind of offset losing all that draft capital over the next two years. And there's going to be good players. I don't know if you've heard this week. Seattle is rumored to be cutting Bobby Wagner. Yeah. The same Bobby Wagner that's the best linebacker in football. Yep, that one. Um, I mean, there's going to be talent that gets out there, and the Dolphins will still have the most salary cap space in football if they make a few cuts even after acquiring Deshaun Watson. So this is one of the biggest gambles maybe in sports history, but maybe not if if he gets just – if everything is what, it, I've, what I've been told from the source that I think that I trust the most on this situation – is that they think he'll get a six to eight game suspension and that's going to be the most punishment he's going to get from the NFL. So if you think about this, a guy who's 26 years old, he misses half a season. Like that sucks because like next season is going to be hard to make the playoffs with your starting quarterback missing half the season. But once you get out of that, man, if that's the only penalty he pays, man, I mean, you're talking about the Dolphins going from having, you know, I say, what would you say he was this year or two of the second best quarterback in the East, maybe third, depending on who you ask, because there's a lot of Mac Jones truthers, but like Deshaun Watson's better than Josh Allen all day, every day. Oh, yeah. He's better than Herbert. He's better than Burrow. 
I mean, I like he's better than all of these guys. So the conversation will stop, and Chris Greer gets to write the biggest wrong that he's made in his career, whether we like it or not. I mean, at this point, drafting to a tongue of a low over Justin Herbert is deemed a failure for Chris Greer, especially by his boss. And the only way – so here's the why. Why do you think Stephen Ross wanted to have permission to speak to Deshaun Watson when they knew the trade wasn't going to go through? You know why you want to have a conversation, right? You want to plant the seed that, like, look, man, this isn't the end of the movie. That was just the pause button. And, and I just think that that's where this is all heading. I think this is the rumor that hasn't died in a year and a half for a reason. And I think buckle up. The Dolphins are going to become the talk of the offseason. Yeah, so what do you think of this uh, this Patriots game? I mean, we're going in against a defense again you know um number three in total def total defense um they're number four passing defense number 22 rushing defense number one scoring defense number four um third down defense and they're actually tied for third in the nfl with uh 30 takeaways what do you you know and you yeah. look at their offense i mean number eight rushing offense number eight scoring offense um they're tied for second in sacks allowed they've only allowed 26 the dolphins are 21st they've allowed 39 you look on third down we might be the 13th best third down offense remember we were nine a couple weeks ago well they're the seventh best um you know what do you think of this game um and what's your prediction um yeah for, I, for this game? Un unfortunately i think we're we're ending with a losing record i think we're to lose this one 30 to 17 um look the Dolphins have nothing to play for. And, you know, people will say the Patriots have made the playoffs. They don't. I mean, they, they can avoid playing the Buffalo Bills in the first round by winning. And I know they beat the Bills in a game where Mac Jones only threw three passes, but I, I don't think the field conditions will be similar. You know, uh, the last time they played Buffalo, you know, they skull dragged them. They, they showed they were way better. Josh Allen was the best player in the field. I, I think the Bills do have some. I think the Patriots do have something to, uh, to play for. And I think Bill Belichick's a prideful man, and he knows he's 0-2 against Flores, right, or against Tua, and that Flores has kind of got the best of them. And I think that Bill Belichick wants to erase that narrative. And he wanted to erase the narrative this season that he couldn't win without Tom Brady. And, I, you know, he doesn't like his pupils beating him. So I think the Patriots just, you know, I, I think the Dolphins will probably start with some energy. But as the game goes on and, you know, Miami realizes that <laughs> there's not a lot to gain from it, unfortunately – I think you'll see some players make some business decisions. You know, what I'm looking out for a reason is some of these guys that have been the pleasant surprises to check some boxes. I want Waddle to get four catches and 12 yards to break the 1,000-yard barrier, set the all-time rookie catching record. I want uh, Jalen Phillips to get a sack and a half to get 10 sacks on the season. Mm -hmm. I want Javon Holland to keep playing and end on a high note. I want to see the Jerome Baker that we've seen for the last three weeks who's become one of the best outside linebackers in football again, um, which has been great to see. I want to see Christian Wilkins – earn again that fifth year option to a long-term contract because he's been a bright spot. I want to see Zach Siler bring the lunch pail, get to work. I want to see Ray Juan Davis hold the line of scrimmage, not get it driven back. You know, I want to see the tandem of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard be a top tandem in football. Um, you know, and, and I want to see Brandon Jones out there chasing down Mac Jones, right? And, and you know, I, I, everyone else, to be honest, on the offensive side of the ball, my verdict is that almost everybody besides Waddle and Robert Hunter are replaceable. So 
I don't expect much out of the offense, you know. Um, I really just don't. I, I think this could be a game where Waddle gets some yards, though. Um, you know, New England will probably scheme to take him out of the game. But, you know, like the one thing that, you know, hurt Watson's – I mean, uh, wow, Watson's – Waddle's production last game is if the Dolphins, even against Tennessee, couldn't even get, like, those uh, those junk time 25-yard passes because they were fumbling and throwing picks, you know? Like, they couldn't yeah. even hit, like, the junk time. Well, he made a beautiful throw to Gusecki, and that pick was on Gusecki. Like, what oh, the yeah. hell? Um, yeah, I think um, – yeah, I see the Dolphins. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one. I got it 25-13, New England Patriots. Um, you know, I just – you know, I think we're going to – you know, now we're playing for not only personal accolades, but guys are playing for contracts next season like – Agba wants to get his money up. You know, Jalen Phillips, like you said, wants to get to the double-digit sacks. Waddle wants, I'm sure, personally wants to break some records, you of know? Of course. Yeah, of course. Because um, even though he probably won't, he's obviously not going to beat Jamar Chase, it'll actually put him in the rookie of the year talk, even if he doesn't win it, right? Right. Um, Gusecki, he's got to have whatever good game he can muster up because he wants to get paid. Um, you know, you look at Jesse Davis, he better play a good game because he's playing, auditioning for another team. You know, X, he wants to have a good game because he wants to get paid and he wants to be probably be back next year. Um, you know, you look at it's just I don't know, man. Now we're uh, we're playing, you know, and, and the other thing is, if we do win, is it, you know, how long it's the first time in how long we've had back to back seasons over 500. Yeah. It's the first yeah. time in a while. Right. So, um, I mean, there's stuff to play for. But um, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you if we don't win tomorrow. Sunday. Yep. I'm uh, sorry. Sunday. My bad. If we don't win on Sunday, I know we already know there's a lot of players that get evaluated. But do you think that tightens that 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 makes the situation a little more less comfortable for Brian Flores if they lose? If they, especially if they get stomped. Yeah, I mean, it, I, like, dude, I I don't think anything's certain at this point, right? Like, I I don't I don't think that. Brian Flores should. I just imagine Ross is losing his mind right now. That's what. Yeah, I... and, and like I get, I guess the transition of ownership story kept popping up a little bit more and more this week as well. Like I, I don't know, man. I, I, I actually do think that from what I've heard, heard lately, one of the biggest challenges with the Dolphins organization is that Steve Ross listens to so many people, and so many people have his ear. Not just his front office, not just his players but alumni and friends and all that stuff. And I just think that we don't have that sound voice in the organization. And, and that's honestly why Jim Harbaugh is the most attractive coach candidate to me that there is, because he brings that strong voice. He's going to be the voice yeah. that everyone listens to. No one else. There's going to, the outside noise will stop. And, you know, how, I how, you know, I know we've heard our things, but just on your own personal scale, how realistic do you think it is? And I mean, remember he, you know, Stephen Ross is the reason why Jim Harbaugh even went to, you know, he helped Jim facilitate the Michigan move too, right? Right. I, I think it's a 50% chance on Jim Harbaugh because I think that the Michigan ties are real. I think that Stephen Ross has already made the run at him. There's the familiarity there. And I think that if he's coming back to the NFL, Stephen Ross is at least going to get a seat at the table to have a discussion. And um, usually guys, when they come back for their second run, they're usually more successful than their first. And you can only imagine that, the idea of that would have Ross salivating considering how successful because what is he like third or fourth all time in winning percentage too? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and there's a guy that, you know, there, there's a guy that just has his pulse on, on, on 
bringing a good coaching staff on good player and personnel development, like playing a great, great physical smash mouth bound of football, being creative on the offensive side of the football. Like, I, I just think everything that Jim Harbaugh does, I mean, like, you know, everyone wants the, everyone forgets that he took a 49ers team to a Super Bowl and that they were one of the most dominant teams in the league while under his tutelage and that he took, you know, like, you know, he took a, a franchise that was kind of after the post Montana Rice, Steve Young era, you know, it, it was kind of like on a lull. Like the yeah. Dolphins have been for twenty some years, right? And yeah. he got him right back to 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 being one of the most respectable teams in the league again. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I loved watching those linebackers with uh, Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis oh, play for yeah. him, and you know, uh, yeah. Justin yeah. Smith on the defensive line. So, yeah, yeah, man. I, I mean, I I think there's an op- opportunity there, and you know, I mean, I I think if you're looking at it from an X's and O's standpoint. I mean, if you somehow left this offseason with Harbaugh and Deshaun Watson, that would restore a lot of people. You'd have one of the best – yeah, and you'd have one of the best offseasons in recent memory. Right, and and there's a lot of ifs in there, and there's a lot of stuff that has to come down. But, look, man, you know, it, it, it's it's been a fun season. I, I know it's not ending the way we wanted it to. Yeah. But, you know, the silver lining of all this to me is that it was a reality check. How yeah. far we are away and how important it is to not only evaluate everything and anything, but to really get your focus on how to build a complete roster from one to 53. And, you know, I I think that this offensive line is the single worst unit in the entire NFL of any team at any unit, special teams, offense, defense, any skill positions, anything. I think the Miami Dolphins offensive line is the worst single unit in the NFL. And I don't think you can overcome that in today's NFL, and it showed. And I think there was a, a, a bit of humble pie served to the arrogance of Brian Flores and Chris Greer here. And, you know, the only reason that they are here getting another bat from me is because this 2021 draft class is the best one I've seen for the Dolphins in decades. Mm. And that helps them, you know, get a little leeway with me. But that clock is ticking, and that's on every single person in this organization there is the only guy right now who's got a clean slate for me are three guys javon holland jalen waddle and jalen phillips every single person there has something to prove xavian howard brian flores chris greer stephen ross every coach every player on that team because a lot's changed except one thing we're going on another year without a playoff win and this mm. roster is far too talented to do that. So what is the issue here? Well, see, that's the thing. We all say that the roster is too talented, and that's because the defense is so talented. The offense is, you know, I mean, we can sit here and debate whether, I mean, think two has shown us he can be an NFL starter, whether it's right. a low level, mid level, high level, whatever. Agreed. But the only legitimate NFL starters on our offense right now are who? Mike Gusecki, I mean, can we count DVP? You know, mm-hmm. Mike Gusecki, Jalen Waddle, um, Robert Hunt, and Tua Tagovailoa. Right. Nope. You're, that's definitely fair. So, all right, man. 
Um, Always a pleasure, guys. We will see y'all back here to wrap up this season and then, you know, start the offseason, man. It's going to be a wild ride, man. But we'll be right right back here, guys, when we dive back in Fin Too Deep. Until next time, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And as usual, fins up all day, every day.